Good morning, church. It is a blessing again this morning to be in the house together, to worship together. Thank you, sir. To sit down together. Um, I want to thank you, church. So last week we, we did a shameless gimmick of a Super Bowl contest in order to get some folks to, to help us out with some needs we have in our church. As far as kids ministry with love from Jesus was yesterday and Jonathan, who was standing up here, who helps lead that ministry, was letting me know there was uh, several new faces, and we had a good crowd. That's our third Saturday. You can already get excited about March, and, um, and we'd love for you to be a part of that. But we also had some people sign up to help us with kids' ministry for the first time, so just thank you. It's a big deal. And um, just as big a deal um, is the actual Super Bowl contest. I told you, we were going to, this is like... A big deal to get shouted out in front of the entire Relentless Church, both services. Our winner usually comes to the 11 o'clock, but we're still going to give them some love. Our Relentless Church Super Bowl contest winner 2023, Alex Dumas. Y'all know Alex D. All right, we, we did not get his permission to post those pictures, but what are we going to do? He was one point off. He had 38-34. The score was actually 38-35, so that's pretty impressive. So we'll, uh, we'll give him a free coffee later today and, and, and honor him. So thank you all that jumped in on the contest. Um, so last week, we, we opened this series, The God Who Still Speaks. Really excited that God is still speaking. And even since then, have you, have you guys been looking at this uh, revival? Have you seen this? Uh, Asbury, A-S-B-U-R-Y. It's a college that um, was close to where Kelly and I went to college. Um, and there's, there's something crazy, revival happening. You can, not just there, but now across other campuses, young people just repenting and worshiping God and, and he's speaking and he's moving. So we, we talked about the God who still speaks. Last week, we talked about how we cry out as Abba Father, just trying to lay the foundation. What kind of dad doesn't speak to his kids? Right, so a father that speaks, he still speaks, and he wants to speak to you. And he spoke to some of you last week, even in the service. Some people made some um, some surrender, beautiful surrender decisions. Um, what we didn't get into was how does he speak to um, his kids exactly? So that's what we saved for today is how he does that. Um, and you know, the easiest way, if I'm God and I want to speak to you, you know, what the easiest way to do that is just say, "Hey." You know, and talk to you out loud. That'd be the easiest way, right? Does God still speak out loud? All right? Um, I believe he does, right? Uh, we were watching some documentary this week on Mother Teresa, and I, 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 am, I am believing what she says is true. She heard God speak to her out loud and part of all that she did and lived. That has not been my experience, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen, right? That, that seems like the easiest way, but that seems like not his most normal way of speaking to his, his people, he, he seems to want to do a process and a relationship, um, and we'll talk in a couple weeks about how do you know the difference between what's God speaking and what's some other voice in your head. But today, we want to get very specific on how God actually speaks to you, young or old, new Christian, just learning about this, whatever, wherever you're in life, how does God speak? And I'm going to give you an acronym, because you know how I love an acronym, all right? And today, it's SPK. Can you repeat that after me? It's a double S, PC, all right? I just do that because it makes, it's fun for me, and it hopefully helps you remember. The, the S in this acronym, how does God speak, and this is foundational for us as a church, is scripture, all right? We talk about this a lot because it is, 
It wasn't this way 50 years ago. You went to a church and there was kind of a commonality of what scripture was. Today, that is not the case. There are two different kind of camps, even in our city of churches. There are those that believe that the scripture is from men about God, meaning men's best guess and ability to talk about God, right? Versus what we believe, which it is from God through man, that the source of scripture is God. Second Timothy says, all scripture is God breathed. Breathe from God. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, that it is breathed from God. I know that's a struggle for some of you to, to believe that Scripture is, is breathed from, from God, right? Because you go back and you got, if you're a historical, which if you, if you want to research, we invite you to do that. There's nothing to hide in our, in our faith. Um, like how did the canon of Scripture, how did they pick this book and not pick this book, and, and how did all that come about? right? Do that research, right? It's, it's really encouraging of what we have is actually the God-breathed word. And here's where my faith comes from in that. If God can raise a dead man to life, then I think he can guard and protect his revelation to his people. I think he's able to do that through the centuries. And, and don't be worried, you know, what, what if, you know, we got these manuscripts that go hundreds and hundreds of years back. What, what if they did an archaeological dig today and they found some old fragments of scrolls of scripture, and it's going back to Jeremiah, which O'Neill referenced or whatever, and we, we open up these fragments and we realize, man, what the, frag, the old, old fragments say are completely different than what your Bible says. That would be problematic, right? Well, that actually happened, something called the Dead Sea Scrolls, 70 years ago. They found these old, old fragments, and guess what? They were identical to what is in your scripture. There was no changes. It is trustworthy. God has spoken, and, and they believe, we know from scripture that that Peter talked about Paul, like they believed that what Paul was writing was God-breathed, it was from Scripture. They believed the New Testament was Scripture at the time. We have evidence of that. You can count on it. So if God's gonna speak to you, of course, of course he's gonna speak through his, through his word, right? That's why we're, we're becoming a church that is excited about just sitting with him, just sitting with him in his word. I've been reading through the Psalms, and he, he has met me there. He will meet you in his word. Some of you still don't believe that. That's your, if, you, if you believe that, it will change your life. I preached this three weeks ago. My one primary responsibility, I think I left the word one out, forgive me, when I preached it. My one primary responsibility today is to spend quality time with God. Right, I've been living that out in a way that I've never lived out in my life, and it's been, it's been sweet and beautiful and powerful, and it's not just for me, it's for you. You really want a faith boost right now? You want a faith boost in your life? Then sit with him in his word. Start in Luke or John or 1 John or 1 or Peter or James. Some of these just really simple. Just, just sit and, and just, God, I want a relationship. I want to sit with you. I want to spend quality time with you. And I want you to speak to me. And I'm going to believe that your word is God-breathed, that you're the source of your word. And that, that you know, some people are like, well, you can't, you can't read something that was written 2,000 years ago and then bring that into your life. Like he didn't write it about your situation. That's not true. You know what? The Bible says scripture is living and active. It's supernatural. He has an unbelievable way and power of bringing his scripture into your world and your life, right? He, he is living and active and communicative and he wants to speak to you and his word and scripture. That's why it's the, the first letter in the acronym. That's the most important is to build this on scripture. The second S is his spirit. He uses his spirit. Um, I learned this from my mentor, Dean Troon, 20 years ago. It blew me away once I started like, believing this. Y'all know how um, my wife used to teach elementary school. Um, you know how it's almost annoying. You know how they'll just 
pick one letter and like just for the whole week, everything's about T and it's about tigers and then they'll do numbers two and 10 and then they'll do a game at recess that has something to do with forming a T. Then they'll do art and they'll do homework and everything is just, the whole day is about T, right? All day long, right? Um, you color and stuff about T and you're drinking T because it starts with T, just like, you know, good creative teachers, they do all this stuff. You know, that's how the spirit works, right? He's using hard things. O'Neill mentioned suffering. He's using the hard things in life. He's using that, man, I ran into so-and-so. It was the weirdest thing. It's not the weirdest thing. You know, a few years ago, the popular word in young people, not anymore, was random. Everything was random, right? Nothing's random, right? Random is such an enemy, a, a tool of the enemy, right? Everything is strategic. So God is, is orchestrating, the spirit of God is orchestrating. So he's trying to teach you something and he'll use art and creativity and conversations and he'll use his spirit through all those different things. So whatever's going on in your life, it's not accidental. It's not random. There's something God of the universe wants to speak to your young heart or your not so young heart. You just got to pay attention and open your eyes to the spirit that is working. Here's how John says it in first John, this is his commandment that we believe in the name. Remember, believe doesn't mean just believe. Believe means trust in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, stays close, and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides. How do we know that he abides in us? By the spirit whom he has given us. This is how we know God is real. It's through the spirit and the relationship with the spirit and the spirit moving in our lives. The spirit shows up when you read the word. The spirit will help you understand what you need to understand. Such a way, it's a personal being, the spirit. He gives impressions, he gives peace. I was just talking this morning, that's real. The spirit of God will bring peace. And the spirit of God is always in agreement with scripture. The spirit and the scripture never go opposite directions. Thankfully, we never like, man, spirit's kind of tell me to do this, but the scriptures, like, they're always, it, it, they are together. They are in unity for all of time and they always have been, they always, always will be. Scripture, spirit. Now, let's look at one of our favorite verses as a church, Romans 12, verse 1. Just coming off describing the gospel of God being rescuing and adopting us. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Right? We sang these songs. We just, just powerful lyrics that we just sang. It's all in view of God's mercy. It is coming to this room. It is coming to Monday morning in view of the mercy that God has given us, that there's nobody in this room that can stand before a holy God and be like, hey, I'm with you, God, me and you, we're the holy ones, right? I've, I've, not, I've done everything just like you wanted me to do. None of us can do that. We're all in desperate need of the mercy of God. We've all rebelled. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. We've all tried to do things our own way. And God in his goodness made a way that we could still come to him and be his sons and daughters and call him father through his grace and his mercy of the punishment that he withholds from us because he's good and grace. In view of God's mercy, We offer our bodies as living sacrifice, right? We don't sacrifice animals like they did back in the day. What do we, we we give our lives, not like meaning death, but meaning living for this holy and pleasing. It's holy and pleasing to God when you live your life for him. This is your true and proper worship to offer him your life. God, what do you want to do in my life? How are you going to know what he wants to do with your life if you don't think he speaks to you? He does. Here's the next verse, verse two. Part of living your life for him. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's who we are, Relentless Church. We're a bunch of folks being changed. Transform is a metamorphosis, a change. We're not who we used to be. 
right? We've been around long enough as a church. Some of you are not the people that you were when I met you. I'm not the person I, I used to be when you met me because we're in process, right? It gives us a lot of freedom and grace. None of us are complete. None of us are gonna be complete in this life, but we're in process of being transformed, being made more like Jesus, Jesus forming himself in us. How does that happen? It happens by the renewing of your mind. It happens about how you think and see the world. Your perspective is what God changes, right? All of our behaviors, we can talk about behaviors and sins and do this and don't do this. All of that comes out of what you think. How do you view the world? How do you view this situation? How do you view yourself? God is transforming us by changing how we think. Some of you thought this way, right? Uh, at the last, you know, you know, big crisis or the big political event or the big crisis in your own life or, or you know there was a day where you couldn't handle certain things and now because God is transforming you you're going to see things differently right you're going to he's going to change how your perspective is how does he do that he renews your mind how through his scripture through his through his word he speaks to you and he changes us he so we don't conform to the pattern of the world what's the pattern of the world the pattern of the world is get yours the pattern of the world is live for yourself it's really easy to find that we don't have to be taught that Go live for you. That's the pattern of this world. And God is calling us to do the opposite. Instead, to be transformed, right? To not live for ourselves, but to live for him. To be changed by Jesus. To be humble and say, I don't have it all figured out. I need help. My creator knows more than me. My father, what do you want me from me as a dad, as a mom, as a worker, as a brother, as a sister, as a student, as a roommate, as a spouse? So change me through the renewing of my mind. And then there's a promise on the back end of that. Then, last part of the verse two, then after your, as your mind is renewed, you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You like that? There's another acronym, GPP, good, pleasing, and perfect. Perfect. You down with GPP? A few of you. All right, that's a 30-year-old that's a reference <laughs> to a song. Here's the problem. All right, this is an old song. I don't want anybody to be left out of the joke, but there's an old song that I can't get into, um, all right, that, that asks the question if you're down with OPP, and, it's, and it's, it is a perfect song. And if we play that in here, which we will not, some of you be up and dancing and, and singing, right? It is, the op, it is the definition of the pattern of this world. That song is, if let's write a song that takes everything God said about truth and sex, let's take everything God said, turn it upside down, and just boldly proclaim that God's an idiot, and we can do what we want, and it's fun. Let's celebrate rebellion against God. That's what that song is all about, right? You can't, do, you can't follow the pattern of the world and have your mind renewed. Right, we're down with GPP, the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So I challenge you to check yourself. Some of you get tired of me saying this. Some of you, modern day, you don't have to go back 30 years. Modern day, you're pumping lyrics into your head that are the opposite of the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. How are you gonna renew your mind? I can't do it for you in, a, in an hour service every Sunday. How are you gonna renew your mind and be transformed if you're pumping lyrics all week or check your shows, evaluate your shows, evaluate what's going in? Is it in line with the good, pleasing, perfect will of God? If not, you're double-minded. You're fighting against yourself, right? Because God wants to change and transform you. Assume that he's working. Church, he's working. Let me, let me stand up and for this part, um, I want to make some room on the stage because I'm going to introduce you to some people here in a minute. Um, so coming off of the stroke that I had in November, um, 
as I started to kind of come out of, it's been stages of this recovery, I just knew in January I wanted to preach on us becoming a praying church. That's been our initiative, and God has blessed that. And, and I've just, my life has forever changed because of, I've been so blessed by the prayers of you and others. And just thought, man, we, we, we got to have a system in a way that other people that need support and prayer, it can't just be for, for me as a pastor. Like, everybody should get access to what I have had. So we had to get, figure out, like, well, how do we do that? Like, become a praying church. Part of it is just preaching on it and the theology of it. Part of it is the system and the organization of it. So uh, we just had some leaders say, I'm interested in helping out. So we had a meeting. We sat right over here probably six, five, I don't know, a month ago, six weeks ago. And, and we're trying to figure out, okay, where do we go from here? How do we do this thing? How do, how do we become a praying church? And they were kind of, you know, we, we just, we didn't have much of an agenda. Let's figure this out in this, in this night. And we split off into groups and then we came back and, and they were kind of looking at me like, well, what's, what's your vision, pastor? Like, how does this work? And I'm like, I don't know. I got, I had a traumatic brain injury. I can't, I just know we got to become a praying church. I'm not sure how to get there. We'll figure it out. We'll trust God. Let's keep praying. That sounds like a good move. So we left that night, man, I was exhausted. Meetings wear me out in this, in, as I recover, like, like never. And I just was, I was overwhelmed. I just drove home thinking, where are we? Like what, like it was a good meeting, but I just thought, now what? I don't know what we're doing. I don't know how, and the, the consensus was, we gotta, have, we gotta have leaders. We gotta have some people that are empowered to lead and organize this thing, right? And, and nobody, I, I didn't wanna you know, say, put any pressure on anybody. So just praying through it, that was on a Tuesday. That Thursday, I just felt compelled to text some people and say, hey, can we just meet? We don't normally do Sunday meetings. Can we meet between services Sunday and just, just pray and just figure this out? And I felt like God was speaking. Just, just, just make a move, I got it, just make a move. All right, so I didn't know. I felt like you know, as a leader, I should have had more answers than I have. I'm just leaning on God. So that, that Sunday, we had a meeting back here and just said, hey, how can we do this? We need, we need leaders to own this piece and this piece. And by the grace and power of God, some people just said, yes, I got that. And God has now provided, and I want to introduce you to them, an incredible group of people that are helping us become a praying church. You need to see them, to honor them and pray for them. And also, as you want to get involved, um, I want you to know who they are. All right. So um, bring on, come on up to Shauna. Tashana Davis is in the room, I hope. Yes, she is. Come on, Tashana. We'll clap for you. And Phil. And you guys can just line up here um, side by side like you like each other. Um, Tashana and Phil are leading our, uh, hmm, are leading our, uh, our Sunday morning. You guys, it is so moving to me. Like, no, for real. To be in here during worship uh, an hour ago and to see this team, there's a whole team of them this morning. The chair you're sitting in was prayed for this morning. That's so powerful to me, all right? We got other chairs, we're praying that we fill them up with people in your life, but you were prayed for through this team. So every, between, before first service, before second service, their team prays for the kids' rooms, they pray for this room and the tech and each room and the people that God, we don't know what God's about to do. So we just, uh, they own the Sunday morning peace um, also praying uh, eventually during messages. They're also uh, setting up a, a squad that when we have an opportunity, if you want to be prayed for, which will be happening in the coming uh, weeks and months, we'll have Sundays where you can be prayed for, and there'll be a team of people that will receive you and just pray for you, put hands on you, and pray for you on Sunday morning. So this, this is a beautiful thing. We needed some folks to just oversee, like, the whole thing, like air traffic controller, like, 
like making sure nothing gets left, like how does this whole system gonna work? We have people that do really well at making systems work. We, we needed some help creating systems, which is a massive job, right? And I was almost, this is lack of faith, I was almost surprised that they said yes, right? Um, but I shouldn't be, because God is good, because he's still speaking and he's working in our church. So come on up, uh, Daryl and Tania Hubbard, uh, Ukaku and Ibakun Kalu. These are our co-coordinators over this whole prayer, not just prayer, but prayer and care. Um, they are tasked with figuring out how people get prayed for and then cared for. Um, and they, they do amazing work in their normal, like week to day to, you know, they're, they're paying jobs and they're using some of that talent God's given to them to bless our church. And, and they would want me to remind you, it is, it is not complete, right? We are very much figuring it out day by day, week by week, and they're being very patient with me. Thank you for that, to uh, learn how to sign on to different things and, and communicate and figure out. But it's all worth it, why? Because this is gonna get us to a place when you have a need in your life, which you will. You're not gonna just get prayed for, you're gonna get cared for, you're gonna feel what I felt, it's amazing. It's the power of the body of Christ. So um, thank you for, for saying yes. Um, so, so they're kind of overseeing the whole kit and caboodle. The other piece is the actual list, right? So we need some people to organize the list. Some of you that have signed up to say, I want to be part of this prayer team, and you'll get eventually emails with who needs prayer and even an urgent text. So how are we going to organize and do that? So uh, Bonnie Braswell and Robin Taylor have, have taken that. You guys come on up. Our administrative people. You guys come on, come on up here right behind the lights. We're going to try to get a picture of you all, I think. So can y'all stand up here? Ibakun, come this way. We'll make room for y'all. That's a squad right there, I tell you what. Yeah. Photobomb. Let me, let me hold, let me tell them about it. Just, it's, some of that, it's, it's, it's the huge things, it's the big things. Um, God opens doors, do you see that? Um, <laughs> This is a prayer box. So we'll, when we get this official, we'll make sure you know, but this will be a way and an opportunity where you can submit prayer requests and, and they will get prayed for, which is, which is awesome. So I want to pray for this, uh, this group. God, I, I, was, I know we're supposed to become a praying church. You're still taking pictures. I'm right in the way. Um, I know we're supposed to become a praying church, but we, needed, we just need people to help us lead through that, right? And God has provided, right? So it's quite a task. I know these, I know these eight people. None of them are oozing with so much free time. I just need something to do, right? They just, they just responded to the call of God and they've stepped up and we wanna honor that. We wanna, will you join me as we pray for them? Father, I thank you uh, for your goodness, for your faithfulness. I thank you for these eight and their hearts uh, to, to have chairs prayed over and to know that that matters right now in this message that people are gonna hear this message differently because of the prayers that have been prayed this morning. God, I thank you for, for people you've gifted with administration and organization uh, because people deserve to be cared for. God, that's, that's what we do as your body. We just thank you um, for, for each of these that have agreed to lead, and we just pray we would honor them with how we treat them and bless them. God, I pray you would, you would favor them. You would favor them and their families. God, I thank you for the time and the hours already spent, the hours that will be spent. I pray they would feel loved and honored by our church. And uh, God, just help us become what you've called us to become. Help us become a church that prays and cares well for those that you bring into our midst. We thank you for doing what you've done. Thank you for this squad. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.
Amen. Amen. The titles are not official. There's a lot that we're still figuring out, as you might have noticed, but we are excited that we got leadership and we're rolling, church. Can we clap for these guys again? Thank you. What are you wearing? Come on, man. We don't do that on game days. Um, uh, man, I just, I just had to include that today because God is, is it, we're talking about a God who still speaks. Right? He spoke to some people and said, hey, this is worth it. This is where I want to serve. I think he'll speak to you on where you fit in this whole relentless thing too. It's really exciting to see things leadership-wise start to come together as a church. All right, we talked about through Scripture, through the Spirit. What about the All right, people. God will speak to your life through people. This is really tricky, y'all. This is really tricky because people will say stuff, and it might be from God, it might not. Right? How do you you got to use the Spirit and Scripture to figure it out. I was one of those kids in, in college that I wanted to have my plan. Right? I don't, none of this spontaneous stuff. So early, early in my senior year, uh, through some contacts we had, we were invited to interview for a church plant, a church that had not yet begun in West Palm Beach, Florida. Ooh, and I'm like, hey, God, if, you know, I'll do what I got to do, right? Because um, we didn't know where we were going. Kelly and I were married and figuring out where our first ministry would be. Uh, so we went down there once, and it's amazing. If you've been there, it's like a different planet. Um, this was many years ago. Um, and just praying through, we, I was going to be the student pastor for this uh, very wealthy guy who you, you get by the story behind the story is a very wealthy guy who's like I need a good church for my kids so I'll fund one he's a millionaire so he's going to start a church so he was putting the money up so I didn't know what I was doing so I went down there so I went down there a second time kind of the final interview and one of the guys on the leadership the management team his name was Paul um, he took me under his wing he bumped me up to first class I'd never been in first class and he, he just had a conversation uh, Kelly had, wasn't with me on this trip and he just said hey I, I'm concerned about this ministry. It's, 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 a real, it's real fragile, and this is your first ministry. You're a newlywed. I just don't have a good piece about this and you. And I thought this, I was telling people, I'm going to West Palm Beach. I'm like, well, if you're not at peace with it and you're on the management team, then I'm not at peace with it, right? And God used that conversation, very hard conversation. It wasn't how I thought it was going to go. God used that conversation to eventually us say, you know, yeah, we're going to withdraw from the process, right? That church spent a ton of money and never had one service. They all, it fell, it's a horrible story, fell apart and God saved us from that. How did he save us from How did he speak to us? Did he give me a vision? No. He used a man to speak truth and just to give wisdom. He'll speak through people, right? There's all kinds of ways that he speaks. He might be calling you to speak to somebody, right? There's still a conversation we got to have, Darian. Um, right? Sometimes he'll put something on your heart that's for somebody else, right? It's amazing. And again, you got you to trust the spirit and scripture in that. Um, a year ago almost, probably 10 months ago, I was having the roughest week. It had nothing to do with physical stuff. It was something I'm not even going to get into. It was just a really, I was broken. I was just struggling. I was just struggling, just in a tough, tough place. I was upstairs in my bonus room just literally crying to God, like, where are we going to go from here? I got a text from a dude named Kevin, and he sent me a song. And if you knew Kevin, like Kevin's a guy I knew in Kentucky, and, and he's, um, he's not a guy who sends songs, right? Everybody's got people in your life that send you songs, 
right? And they, some people, it's like the statistical thing. Like if they send you a song every week, eventually one will hit, right? That's not Kevin. Kevin had never, he's like the opposite kind of guy that would send a song. And we had, we had a text, we hadn't texted in a while. Um, I got to see him come to Christ a decade, a decade ago. And he sent me a song that I'd never heard of the artist, Josh Garrels, this song, um, farther, farther along. So I listened to this song as I'm upstairs in this moment. And the song just speaks. It's not like my style necessarily, but it just speaks to my heart. It just moves me. And it's been on my playlist for a year since. And it was like God spoke to me in this song that this dude sent. So I, like a week later, I was so overwhelmed. I texted him. I was like, dude, you never sent me a song in your life. What was that about? Where did that come from? And he said, man, just you were on my heart. It's one of those things that God was speaking to him and God prompted him to send me a song. You'll hear it as you, uh, we play a song. Usually as you walk out, we'll play that song. It meant the world to me because I knew that was from God because God, you know, this dude's never sent me a song in his life, not before, not since. God sent me that song to speak to me. God will speak to you through people. I told you on Christmas Eve how powerful it was and it continues to be powerful. Uh, Dean Troon was up in the, God woke him up in the middle of the night is how he would say it you know, the week of my stroke and texted Kelly and said, God wants me to tell you that this is what he put on my heart for you. Genesis 15, one, do not fear. I am your shield, right? God spoke to me through scripture, but he used a person, right? So sometimes people will speak to you and sometimes it's really exciting to be the, to the dean in that. If, man, when I'm praying and God puts one of you on my heart, I try to text you because I know that's no joke. If God puts somebody on your heart you need to reach out to, do it, follow through. Well, it might be weird. So what? God's speaking through people. He does that, right? It's the importance of wise counsel. Do you have people, are you blessed? Do you have people in your life that you can go to and say, hey, I'm thinking about making this decision with my job or with my life or with my family. Does that sound wise to you? Do you have people in your life that love you enough and are close enough with God that would say, no, that doesn't sound wise at all, right? If all you got people would say, yeah, I'm for you no matter what, like that's not good, that's not good counsel. I'm not for you, no, I'm for you no matter what, but sometimes we make bad decisions, right? We need wise counsel and God will put people. That's the beauty of, of counseling, right? I'm back seeing a counselor, uh, which we believe in that a lot as a church. There's just nothing like a person, a man or a woman who has been trained and educated in how to give wisdom and biblical counsel from scripture that has seen your situation. Maybe not exactly, but they've seen people that are going through what you're going through and they've seen it go well and they've seen it fall apart and they know the path to get to one versus the other, right? And they're, and they're, they're, they're neutral, right? They can just hear what's going on in your heart and they can help talk you through it. It's a powerful, a biblical counsel. God will use people. What a gift. The C in scripture, spirit, people, circumstances. This is this whole idea of open doors. God will speak to your life through what doors he opens. We're praying, a lot of us are in these prayer and fasting cells. You'll hear more about that as we'll do some more in March. God, we're asking for God to open doors in people's lives. He, he, he works that way. I'd love to tell you the story of how we got in this building, but I just told you like a month ago. It's an amazing story of God using circumstances and opening doors. But it's not just huge, cra that's a crazy story of how we got in this building. It's not just huge, sometimes it's, it's little things. God speaks through little circumstances. There is no random, right? Y'all do Wordle? Any Wordle people? That was brutal this morning, that was dirty. All right, I don't know if, I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it, but uh, Wordle's a little website, five letter uh, words. You know, for like, uh, it's like, this is kind of sad to say, it's, it's probably one of the things I look forward to most each day is Wordle, right? I'm trying to get a, beat my streak. I feel like when I beat my streak, I'm gonna feel better, right? So I'm like 16 days away from my, but, but 
in like a week, 10-day period, the, five, the word of words were worry, cross, crave, and faith, right? That's like, like, like oh God, are you speaking through Wordle? Like, what is happening right now? And I got a theory, side note, I probably shouldn't tell you this. I got a theory about Wordle. You know how people my age, we kind of named our kids normal stuff, and now there's a new generation of, of parents that are naming their kids all kinds of crazy stuff? I got a theory. I'm not mad at you. I got a theory. I think, I think they're, trying to, they're naming their kids based off good Wordle words, right? Think about it. Seven, cloud, light, fluid, brash, chaos, beach. Great Wordle words, not necessarily what you want to name your kid. But I think, I think that's where that's coming from. Sorry, that's, that's, I needed to tell you that. Um, circumstances matter. When I, some of you heard part of this story before. Uh, my parents met, fell in love at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. So that was a dream to go there. I was a business student of the year, Parkland High School, 1994. Let's go. So they have a great uh, MBA, um, not NBA, but MBA program. So that was my plan, go to Carolina, major in business. Um, and that was my plan. So senior year of high school or summer before my senior year of high school, we got young people trying to figure out college in the room. Um, I was, uh, God was speaking to me and I didn't, uh, I was real young in this. I didn't know. Uh, I, I went forward at a service at a camp, felt like God was speaking to my life about my future, even occupationally. I didn't know what that meant. I responded, um, but I felt like God was doing something. And, and back then, different than today, um, you know, to be a minister, like you needed to go and get a specific degree in ministry. Um, so my brother, my senior year of high school, my brother and girlfriend, now wife, were both at a place called Kentucky Christian University. All right, and that wasn't really my plan or my desire. I wanted to be with them, but I, I didn't want to go to school there. I, didn't, I, wasn't, I was fighting that a little bit. Um, but God kept working and speaking just to my, to my heart. And I was praying the right prayers. God, get me where you want to get me. Um, but I knew my brother already being there at private university. There's no way my parents could afford to put, afford to put two of us into private university. So I'm like, God, I can't. It just doesn't work, right? We, we don't have that. So um, there was a scholarship that, that Kelly was on. There was a presidential scholarship. It was a GPA combined with SAT score scholarship. So I was like, okay, God, if that's what you're doing, let's, let's, let's see what happens. I had the GPA. I took the SAT, waited for the score to come back. And when the score came back, it wasn't close. It wasn't like, oh, man, if I'd have drank more orange juice, if I'd have gotten one more answer, it was like hundreds of points away. And I'm like, you know what, God, I feel like closed doors, open doors, my plan, Carolina, here we come. I guess that's what we're doing. Um, and I talked to the admissions counselor, whoever, and, and they said, why don't you take the ACT? Because we take SAT or ACT. And I'm like, what's the ACT? Is that like SAT for people that aren't as smart? And they're like, no, it's, a, just a, it's, the same, it's the same kind of, it's just a different kind of test. You need this score to qualify for the scholarship. So I took the ACT prayerfully, got the score on the number to get a full ride presidential scholarship to Kentucky Christian University, all right? That's God speaking through circumstances. What, what I couldn't say after that is, well, what am I supposed to do now, God, right? Like he opened the doors, there's no way, there's no way, right? I was praying, he got me there because he was calling me to ministry and that was how he did it. He works through circumstances and I still wrestled I still wrestled with, um, you know, all right, well, now what do I do? And God's like, how clear do I have to be, son? 
All right, I just opened this door. I provided and blessed in this way. There is faith involved in hearing from God. Sometimes we want to say, I think we get confused on what the problem is. Sometimes we want to say, how will I know? This message is, how do we hear from God? Sometimes the problem isn't always, how will I know? A lot of times the problem is, what do I do when I do know? All right, that's the problem. Some of you right now in your relationship, in your finances, in your occupation, in a restoring something or stepping up into something or stepping away from something, some of you deep in your soul, you already know what God's gonna say. You're gonna, if you get into scripture and the spirit and circumstances and people, if you, if you go through and just trust him, you already have a pretty good idea what he's calling you to. We're gonna have a, uh, we'll be telling you in the coming weeks about a baptism Sunday we got coming up this spring. Um, and some of you are, are gonna be called to be baptized into Christ for the first time. It's, it's not always the problem of what do you want me to do, God? A lot of times it's, I'm scared of what you're gonna say if I come to you with an open, open hands. The problem is I lose control. If we are willing to believe that God still speaks, he speaks through scripture and spirit and circumstances, and if we believe that, God might speak and call you into something that might be different than what you had had planned. And it comes back. It's always about positioning. You can't say, God, speak to me, and here's what I want you to say. <laughs> right? You can't, that, that's not really, it's about positioning yourself humbly. God, speak to me. What do you want? I want your best. I want your good, pleasing, perfect will. That's what's so beautiful about that scripture from Romans. His will is good, pleasing, and perfect. You can trust it. Do you trust his will is good, pleasing, and perfect when it's completely different than what you thought he might say? Um, and this works. Scripture, spirit, people, circumstance. It works for big job decisions. It works for little decisions. It works for daily life. It's a relationship with God who wants to speak to your life. Um, probably one of the biggest decisions I ever made in life was to move here and, and plant this, uh, this church. Um, and God used all of those. He used scripture. He used the spirit. He used people and pastors that were already here and circumstances. Um, I was thinking, coming into this message, about the very first trip we came to Raleigh. Just Kelly and I came um, August 1st, 2012. Now, we'd been to Raleigh before. I grew up in Winston-Salem. I'd been here for a field trip, but I didn't really know much about Raleigh. We'd been through this whole process and was feeling God move that way. So we came, we stayed at the Marriott over there by Crabtree. Um, and just God, we, I can't move my family. Like planting a church is risky. Like you got to speak to us on this trip. You got to tell us, is this right? Is this what we're doing? I don't know what I expected. I think I wanted like a billboard or a cop to pull me over and say, hey, God just told me that you weren't speeding. Just this is the place, right? We went to Bonefish Grill over there. Oh my goodness, that was good. Um, and I, I just wanted the, the, way, the server, you know, like, like God speak through the server, like the server had nothing for us, right? We're like, hey, tell me about the area. And then we were driving around. You know what it's like when you don't know the area? It was really frustrating, right? We were getting lost. We like, show us like we just weren't hearing anything, right? And this was a big trip. We had, our kids were um, with Kelly's parents. It was just us to come and pray and talk to us and, and hear from us. Um, and I was going through, I like to go through methodically, verse by verse, different parts of scripture because God really speaks that way as you're just working through scripture. So I was in Luke. So this is, uh, I just took this straight from my journal. Um, this is the prayer that I typed in on my computer, um, whatever, nine years ago. Um, is that right? 11 years ago, sorry. August 1st, 2012. Father, I need you. I'm scared of making a decision without you and your blessing. 
sounds silly because you know my heart. I just want to follow you, and you're the best leader of all time. But yesterday was a little frustrating, just getting lost and driving around to neighborhoods I did not love. I sense that you want me to focus less on neighborhoods and more on lost people. Are there tons of lost people here? Yes. I just want to live out Luke 15, and I need you to tell me how to best do that. Use this time in the Word and this day to clarify some things in my mind. Lead me, Lord. I just want to follow. And it just so happened that the next section of Scripture was Luke 19, which is a story, right, about a, an owner giving money to three different guys and telling them to invest and produce and do something with it. And then one guy, two guys produced and multiplied it and, and, and gained with theirs. And then one guy didn't do anything with his shekel or whatever. And the owner comes back and his words are, the, the dude is like, I was scared because I know, you know I was scared. So I just buried it. So I didn't want to lose it. So I was just scared. I didn't do anything with it. And he is, he is not spoken too well. Right? That was the story in the hotel room that God met me in scripture and circumstances. I started my prayer not knowing I was about to read that. I didn't cheat. Right? I'm scared of making a decision. And then God gave me a story from Jesus about being scared to make a move in that moment. Then I typed, after that time in the word, I typed this. There's a lot there. Again, the word speaks when I need it the most. God, Father, what I'm, what I'm hearing from this is quit being scared. I just admitted I was scared in my prayer. Point of this section is to use what God has given you to gain business, to grow disciples, to make converts, get to work. Only thing to be scared of is sitting around and planning and never actually doing anything. You think, well, that's cool because you're a pastor. Stop it. That is so dangerous if you think it's toxic. God does not speak to me because I'm a pastor. God speaks to me because I'm his son. God wants to speak to your life and he will use the scripture always, and the spirit, and they will work together with circumstance, with people and circumstances in your life. Be excited that God wants to communicate. What kind of dad doesn't speak to his kids? He does, he will, he wants to, on his time and his way, right? We're becoming a praying church. God is honoring that. God is moving amongst us. Let's be excited about spending quality time with God this week and what he might have. Don't you want his good, pleasing, and perfect will? We don't want anything less than that. Let's pray for that. Father, we, we are amazed. I'm amazed even, God, I needed that that day. I was, I was scared, scared to mess it up. God, thank you for the consistency and the stability of your word, of your voice. Thank you that you still speak. God, thank you so much that I can preach this knowing that you want to speak to hearts in this room about college, about future about relationships, about finances, about what we're really living and chasing in this life. God, we don't want to conform to the pattern of this world. It's so empty. It's so deceptive. Transform us by the renewing of our minds. Transform us in a way that we will be able to hear and know your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Thank you that it is perfect, that we can trust it, that we can trust you. God, would you speak to your children even this week in all of these ways? God, would you bless uh, this church as we become what you've called us to become and bless all you're doing across our country and in the world. Thank you for being a God that still speaks. We love you. We pray and go now in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all have a great week. If you see one of those leaders that said yes to the prayer, like make sure you thank them and even tell them if you want to join and help them in some way. All right. God bless. Y'all have a great week.